Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Infinity Watchers. We are coming to you with our spoiler review and reaction of Episode 5 of Loki, Journey into Mystery. We're coming to you live from the castle at the end of time. It's us. We're behind We're behind the TVA. Spoiler alert. You're not supposed to tell them right now. Get ready for Episode 6. Get ready for Episode 6. Supposed to tell them next week. <laughs> what are you doing? Twas I all along. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Jared, this this episode of Loki <laughs> there's, was there's, wild. There's a lot to dissect in this one. Yeah, and I, I can't wait to start to, to break that down a bit. Um, but before we get into that, um, you and I went to see Black Widow yesterday. Yes, we did. So, um, you know, you can expect our our review and reaction of that and us to, you know, have our discussion about where it falls in our rankings. Um, we'll be releasing a separate episode this week to cover, cover that. So make sure to look, look for that in your podcast feed. And um, believe me, we have some thoughts on this one. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we do. I've, I've been thinking about it all day. I need to yeah. uh, mill over it a little bit more. Yep. So, so stay tuned for that. Um, but in the meantime, Let's hit some of the some of the news for the week before we really dig into our our reactions of Loki. Um, so the first thing is Kevin Feige confirmed that Marvel is no longer signing actors to the big multi-picture deals that they have in the past. Um, he confirmed this in an interview with uh, I think it was Variety, but uh, this actually made me chuckle a little bit because I, I think Jared, you had <laughs> complained about this being the case on. Um, episodes in the past <laughs> you know talking about how since we knew that chris evans had been signed for like 11 pictures or whatever the ridiculous number was that you know the stakes kind of were taken away for you from some of the movies mm-hmm. so it, it's cool that they're getting away from that yeah i'm glad they are and i i didn't i honestly didn't know this was a story until you just started talking about it mm-hmm. um i'm i'm excited to hear about this uh mm-hmm. well first of all it kind of gets away from the old studio system uh hollywood used to have back in like the 30s 40s and 50s uh, where actors would sign on to studios for x amount of, of pictures and then um it, it essentially created a, mono- a monopoly in one regard in in hollywood so i was i was, uh-huh. get, I was getting kind of nervous about that coming back um and second of all it it definitely brings the hype train back knowing that some characters may or may not return in some Mm -hmm. instances Uh, i am curious though how their contracts are going to work if it's going to be like if we need you for a cameo how like how well (laughs) how are we paying you for something like that that's kind of the interesting thing of this is in in the article feige's quoted as saying um you know they want actors who are passionate about being in the mcu they want actors that want to be there want to play these characters and be a part of the universe um as opposed to locking them in and running the risk that you know by picture seven or eight of the eight year deal (laughs) yeah or of the eight film deal that they're they're burnt out or you know don't want to be a part of it anymore well Um, do you think they they don't want to be contractually locked in Mm -hmm. they don't want actors that would feel like they're trapped and and locked in well i don't want to jump into our black widow discussion yet obviously but i'm wondering just off the top of my head three names that are coming to mind when i hear this and one one is paul bettany after his comments after wandavision aired of hey i don't have a contract anymore well this would explain why he doesn't yep 
they might only sign him for one or two, um, one or two entries or cameos or um, starring roles. Uh, second one that comes to mind is Chadwick Boseman. I'm curious how many they had him locked into, mm. or even if they they had to have known that he had some sort of ailment that he might not have been able to fulfill the contract. Right. So I'm curious if if they did know. They, I'm assuming they planned for it. If somehow during negotiations, his agent and himself kept it secret that he might die before his contract is fulfilled. Mm-hmm. Um, if they want to avoid the risk of something like that happening. I mean, that could be a part of it. I, I would imagine that this is probably something that we, that has been going on for a while. Yeah. With signing actors to either smaller deals or just picture by picture. Because we really mm-hmm. haven't. It hasn't been publicized since like phase two i think right you know like i don't remember ever hearing anything and the third one that i'm that's coming to mind is scarlett johansson Uh, i mean we'll get into this when we talk about black widow in our next episode but it part of me feels like this was done as part of a contract fulfillment Mm -hmm. in one way or another i mean we will get into the, the details on that one later but that's just um I feel like that might be part of it too. I don't think it's an accident that this is coming out right after Black Widow is has been released. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's kind of a good point. I think um I think ultimately it's a benefit because they can tell the story that they want to tell and not worry about, you know, hey, we have to keep this character alive for for six pictures. Like, yeah, we can we can do this or and I think if I had to guess what the biggest impetus and biggest driving force behind this is, is the difficulty that Disney Plus presents. <laughs> like, let's say they're developing a film for Doctor Strange and they mm-hmm. have Benedict Cumberbatch signed on. And as they're developing it, they're like, well, you know what? We can, <laughs> this this could potentially play out better as a Disney Plus series as mm-hmm. an episodic thing, but we haven't locked in this contract where he has to be in a film. Mm-hmm. Like, how do you negotiate that? How much do the stars get paid for these series versus the films? Like, right. I just, you know, we don't, we don't know those details. That- and that could very well be the case as well. I mean, the whole stream, uh, the whole uh, movie viewing landscape has changed in the past year and a yeah. half. So where Disney Plus has just exploded now. Um, so yeah, that that's a very good point. It's interesting. It's a it's a neat mindset shift. That also that also brings up the question though of like what what is considered a series versus what is considered a movie like what what would work as a series what would work as a movie and like like something like loki believe it or not i could see squished into like two to two and a half hours yeah and i think, so I think it would have worked like I, I i don't mind this being week to week but i think this would have worked just as well if we were to see it in theaters or even if you released it as a two and a half hour movie on disney plus uh-huh i think it would have worked um Falcon and the Winter Soldier, I think, worked as a series where you could go week to week. Um, yeah. Dealing with different issues. Um, there were a lot more moving moving parts in that series, too. Like, right. I think I don't think there was enough like there there were some fatty parts of that series, but I don't think there's enough fat to be able to trim it down to to something like that and still get, you know, the points across they're trying to get. Right. Right. Whereas Loki being kind of this more sci-fi adventure that, you know, has a strong message at its core, but doesn't need to spend a ton of time <laughs> to right. hit that message. I think they, they could have um, done it as a movie. I mean, I'm ecstatic to get it as a series. Don't get me wrong. But like, yeah. to your point, it's like, where where is that line drawn? And I, I can't imagine every actor would be happy 
you know, being just in a Disney Plus series versus yeah. a film. But but speaking of series that are that are mm. coming up, yeah. What if we discuss? What if? What if? So we have our release date for What If Marvel Studios' first animated series, um, and that will debut on Wednesday, August 11th. And that news was accompanied by a brand new trailer that gave us a look at a ton of different things. <laughs> so <laughs> there's a lot going on here. <laughs> I'll I'll just run down the list, and then uh, you know if you want to interrupt or interject at any of these. <laughs> feel free to do so and then we can talk about them at the end mm-hmm. if not um so the first the first one we get a glimpse at is a scenario in which killmonger saves tony in um after his convoy is blown up basically at the start of iron man one so where does that lead i don't know <laughs> well i gotta say you you would te- i was at work and you had texted me that the trailer dropped and you te- you said that was one of the scenarios they were playing out and immediately i'm like why hasn't anybody thought of this in the first place yeah <laughs> it's a great idea yeah it is <laughs> grant yep. killmonger was just introduced three years ago but like why didn't they, anybody think that he's a veteran so he probably would have been in afghanistan when exactly when, when tony was there like, yeah that, that that makes a lot more sense than but then um then then I don't even know what to compare it to. It just, it makes a lot of sense. Some of the other scenarios. Yeah. Yeah. Like like, out of, like out of all the others, this is the most realistic one. mm -hmm. And like, does then Tony create the black Panther suit for him? Possibly. Oh, it could be. And Killmonger becomes black Panther in this case. That'd be kind of interesting. And they kind of change the lore of that character. We do see another shot of Killmonger kind of leading an army later. He's not in the Black Panther suit, but mm-hmm. it does seem, you know, we, we see some of the um, Wakandan soldiers and um, the the war rhinos. <laughs> yeah. So um, I'm really interested to see how long these episodes are and how much we get to see these different scenarios play out. Mm-hmm. Like, are they are they 15-minute shorts and we get, like, two of them a week, or are they... <laughs> know full half hour 45 minute you know animated like short films basically i love Um, the animation in this by the way that's cell shading yeah it looks really gorgeous it's really distinct yep um so we get that scenario um marvel zombies basically we see uh we've seen a zombie cap and a zombie tony i think Mm -hmm. so far uh but nothing else from that aside from like bucky fighting some of the zombies um, and, and I think this is the only way that zombies are going to be introduced into the MCU. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like, as far as, like, a zombie outbreak, I think mm-hmm. so, yeah. Yep. Um, and the scenario that was given most um, screen time during this trailer, <laughs> I think, was um, T'Challa as Star-Lord. <laughs> mm-hmm. Which looks really interesting because it just seems like an entire character shift <laughs> i know like, he has certain lines in the trailer that sound like something star lord would say but you know delivered by chadwick boseman and you know, <laughs> his last um performance as t'challa yeah we get some good good lines from yondu and the action in the scenes for uh what i'm calling star panther look really cool <laughs> <laughs> or panther lord i don't know <laughs> panther lord <laughs> I mean, he has to go by a different name, right? Because Star-Lord's entire name came from his mother, canonically. He did, but I wonder if they, they changed that 
that canonically in in here yeah, to where can. to where it's like I don't know Yondu saying it to him instead of <clears throat> instead of his mother. Yeah, I mean, do, <laughs> is the scenario in this what if not just what if Yondu grabbed T'Challa, but actually is T'Challa the son of Ego? <laughs> oh. Oh boy! Like, what was it? Not oh. an accident, or was he actually grabbed? Because we do see ego in this trailer as well. Oh, do we? I didn't see. Yeah. Him. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we get a glimpse at Kurt Russell, and he's confirmed to appear. Which would make. I mean, this is one of the only ones where it might make sense for him to show up. So that's yeah. <laughs> that's kind of interesting. We get a glimpse at um, what looks like Ultron's wish fulfilled. So maybe a true Age of Ultron. Um, mm-hmm where vision is the peak form of ultron it looks like like he actually took over the the vision body that he that he designed um which is cool i think that's a a very logical one to take a look at you know what i mean like yeah if you were if you were to go to that movie and and choose the what if moment that would probably be the one that you would want to see not to mention <clears throat> seem out of left field not to mention we get more James Spader as Ultron. Yes. Which I'm all for. I'll take more of him every day. Mm-hmm. Is Just it is it going better. to be Spader or is it going to be Paul Bettany? It's Spader. Oh, oh, it oh you mean okay. as Vision. Yeah, as oh, Ultron. That's a, well, I mean, Spader's back. That was confirmed when they announced the cast. Oh, okay. But okay. I, when he goes into Vision's body, that's that's I, I'm curious now. Yeah. Maybe they'll just have their voices like overlaid. That'd be kind of neat. Yeah. Um. Yeah, it's it's good to see Ultron back. I've I've always kind of had the hope that they would kind of bring him back and do the character a little more justice in the future. Mm-hmm. I think there's still a lot of potential there. I mean, it it, it would be easily explained that he's alive. he's still in the internet somewhere. Yeah. It's mm-hmm. not yeah, it's not hard to explain away. Um, we get a good look at the Captain Carter scenario um, where Steve has become kind of like an early prototype Iron Man, um, skinny Steve. And Peggy Carter takes the super soldier serum. Um, and you get Captain Britain. Yeah. And one thing that's really interesting here is we actually see Captain Carter interacting with Dr. Strange mm-hmm. at some point during this. Um, and it looks to be the, the evil, evil, what if scenario, Dr. Strange. So I'm really wondering, are those two scenarios just kind of related or, is there some overarching story that's that's being told here? I think there will be a loosely connected story through every scenario we're getting. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mentioned this, I think, in our rankings or our Phase 4 preview episode where I had seen there are posters out there of um, what they're ca- calling the Guardians of the Multiverse. Yeah. So there must be like a, a central threat to each of these um to each of these realities. realities. Uh, I almost have to assume it is this evil Dr. Strange, this evil Stephen Strange that is like a descendant or a disciple of Dormammu. Oh, I could that, see that. That would make the most sense to me. Like he's, he's kind of the interconnecting thread. Yeah. The one, these. the one that can, because we've seen in other trailers of him fighting our version of Dr. Strange. Now yeah. we see him interacting with Peggy Carter that seems like the connection. I, I mean, I'm just speculating here on on this all mm-hmm. of a sudden. That's that's one potential outcome, and the other one is 
that I misread it and it's not evil, strange, but Peggy also gets frozen in ice like Steve did and and she's just like an Avenger, you know, I don't know if mm-hmm. they interact. Um, one other kind of thing I, I've been thinking about is what if, no, no pun intended. Uh, <laughs> what if some of these scenarios are actually related? Like the same, they have the same origin point and we're just seeing like, if this happened, this is how the rest of the world would be affected. And it's like, yes, we have like 15, 16 different scenarios, but we have six episodes and all of these different scenarios are broken up into those six episodes, but those exist on one I timeline. I see what you mean. You know what I mean? Like, okay, Killmonger saving Tony somehow results in Vision Ultron and Marvel Zombies. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Like, like maybe these aren't. These are so all on the same timeline, but they're not. Maybe not all on the same timeline, but maybe there's like some six different timelines where, where some of these are related. That's interesting. Um. So we get a lot of Captain Carter in this one really interesting one. We don't see this in the trailer, but we see it on the poster is um, a sorcerer version of Spider-Man. <laughs> um, he has the the cloak on and maybe this is kind of like, you know, if he if Strange took him under his wing in Iron Man one or at the time of Civil War before Tony ever had influence on him and his suit was designed by strange and he took more of a magical than, than tech uh, approach to his powers. So that seems pretty interesting, which we could very well get in, uh, in no way home as well. Yeah. By the, by the funders that were released, we might get yeah. a little bit of infusion of magic into his suit. Yep. That'd be neat. We get a glimpse of Gamora wearing Thanos's armor or mm-hmm. armor that looks very much like it. Um, and wielding his, um, double-sided blade that he used in Endgame. Um, so that that's really interesting. It's almost like, you know, Gamora, daughter of Thanos, like, fulfilled. So, curious to see that. We get a shot, like, almost an overlaid shot of the um, roundabout shot from Avengers 1, you know, the most famous shot from the film, um, laid on top of the guardians in the same position and it looks like thor is with the guardians so i don't know i don't know what that's about maybe if the guardians were there for avengers one or something like that um and then we get a shot of loki leading an asgard invasion against Mm -hmm. what looks like shield that's what it looks like so not sure exactly what that is maybe if asgard invaded with loki at the end of thor or something like that i'm not sure if he actually became king and, and attacked them. Which is weird because we we could very well be getting a King Loki next yeah. week. Right, exactly. Maybe it's maybe they're one and the same. Maybe. And they use what if to tell the the backstory of that Loki. Maybe. Um and then we just get a random shot of Howard the Duck, not really doing anything interesting, I am, but I think worth calling out. I am all for it. Yep. Seth uh, Green confirmed to return as him as well. In in getting my my pitch ready, I did a little bit of reading of some of the older Howard the Duck comics, and they're a a trip. You've seen the movie, right? I uh, unfortunately have not. Oh, no. I need to. I I need to for research. Um, I feel like we should watch it and review it. (laughs) We should. For the show. We should. Yeah, we're gonna do that. <laughs> it's been it's been a few years since I watched it. 
Oh boy. I mean, when I watched it, I I, I want to say I was in high school and it was at like two in the morning. <laughs> why? So, oh, you know, I'm not even going to ask time why. To watch that movie. Yes. Well, apparently <laughs> Leah Thompson wants to bring it back. I think it, I think he'll make it an impact in some way in the MCU in the future. I hope so. I mean, he, that would be right for a Disney Plus series, like easily that type of character. Easily make it really interesting, especially based on uh, some of the stuff I've read about. Yeah, uh, some of the uh, issues I've read of his of his comics run and um, some of the bat story I've read about him, where he goes up against. Uh, well, the one I read, he goes up against Pro Rata, the magical accountant. <laughs> I, I'm not making this up. That's amazing. It's, it's, it. it's amazing. I, I just, <laughs> I want, I, I need, I need more of it. <laughs> so yeah. What if is dropping? Um, we don't know what the release schedule looks like or how many episodes or anything like that. Um, but uh, August 11th is the premiere date. So it does, it does seem like it's going to be a weekly release. Um, they didn't mention that it was, you know, an entire release, but the premiere of it, um, so I wouldn't expect all the episodes at once, but you know I don't think it's out around the possibility that we get two a week uh, for like six weeks or something along those lines. So I think it's time to dive into um, our thoughts on episode five of Loki: Journey into Mystery. So this one was directed by Kate Heron, who we know is the the director of the series. Um, written by Tom Kaufman, who also wrote uh, for Rick and Morty as a staff writer from 2013 to 2017 I'm guessing that's the the michael waldron connection yes um and wrote for uncle grandpa i think that's the cartoon <laughs> network series that's really odd it's very odd have you ever watched it i think i've seen a commercial for it yeah i i've, I've put it on at like midnight before before i fall asleep and it's a it, it's, it's a wild it's a wild time at 12 30 in the morning but i mean I'm not shocked given how this how this episode went. Yeah. We got one of the writers of Rick and Morty and Uncle Grandpa for this uh for this episode. Yeah. It's just chock full of character development, Easter eggs, and just plot. Like yeah. this easily is the best episode of the series yet. Yes, I would agree with that. I I would say it's my favorite episode of the Disney Plus series so far. Yeah. Um all three of them it it had everything <laughs> i mean it had easter eggs it had which aren't aren't the end of the world you know not the, not that yeah. easter eggs well i but, mean this technically is the end of the world but yeah true end of time itself but it had great character development for characters we've spent a ton of time with as well as characters that were introduced literally in this episode <laughs> that right. had entire arcs defined <laughs> within the episode and it left the show in a very interesting place. I mean, the the theme with the Disney Plus series to this point, um, you know, with the penultimate episode has always been to kind of explain everything and set up for the final fight. But this I th- seems like it's doing it in reverse. You know, like we this was, I think, our climactic battle. Right. Mm-hmm. And next week will be a little bit quieter um, and, you know, we'll get some answers. I think to a point next week will be quieter, but I think um, I think there's still a little more to go because we still have Mobius going back to the TVA with Renslayer there and with B15 True. there. And I think uh, we'll get into uh, predictions a little bit later, but I think 
where they're heading. It's in the castle. It's there's going to be a showdown of some sort there. Yeah, definitely. Definitely, definitely. But I mean, we can expect a massive exposition dump next week as well. I mean, we almost have to, right? Yeah. Like we have to get one. Um, we need we need another uh, Miss Minutes explainer video. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I think right off the bat, let's just hit some of these Easter eggs because there were a ton. Um, and I don't recall exactly where they were all placed throughout the episode because the entire episode was just an Easter egg itself. Yeah. Um, well, even the title, uh, I mean, we could start off with the title itself. Journey into mystery is an Easter yeah. egg. Yep. I mean, that's where Thor was introduced and I believe Loki was too. Mm-hmm. Both so of them. in the, the first issue of journey into mystery. So off we go. Off we go. Um, so one of the first Easter eggs that we see um, is in the initial flyover of the void um, and it's Kang tower Q E N G. Mm-hmm. Um, and this basically aside from the name is Stark tower and Avengers tower mm-hmm. um, from what we see. Um, but in the comics, Kang tower uh, Kang, Kang was a corporation that bought Stark tower from Tony Stark um, and it turned out that it was just a front for Kang the Conqueror, mm-hmm. which obviously is interesting to us because we've done a lot of speculation about Kang being either in the series or actually controlling the TVA. Um, so this is an Easter egg that directly references a comic storyline uh, that Kang you know, was a, a main driver of. Or at least so, confirms he's in this universe. Right. I mean, yeah. we know he's coming based on yeah. the announcement of Jonathan Majors right. being in Quantum Mania, but this this now confirms that Kane himself is somewhere in the universe. Well, a version of Kang was pruned. <laughs> yes. Is what that confirms for us yes. right here. Um, which is which is very interesting. Um, so going down the list, we we got the Thanos copter, which was amazing. <laughs> Just unbelievable to throw that in. With the, I mean, his name on the side of it and everything. Big as day. Like, just just perfect. Um, <laughs> we speculated last week that we'd like to see Throg, and Throg we saw. Yes. Um, we saw Throg in a, in a little jar, um, <laughs> like halfway underground as we were heading into the bowling alley bunker. Trying to reach up for, uh, reach up for Mjolnir, wasn't he? Yeah, yeah, Mjolnir was a full size Mjolnir was above him, and he was just you know an actual frog with Thor's helmet and cape <laughs> inside a jar, which was really funny because it looked a lot like um, the the scene in the in the glass cage from Avengers One where Thor was dropped out. Oh, I guess so. Was bouncing off of the glass walls, like I, I don't know if that was intentional or not, but it made me think of that, like the way that he was leaping from wall to wall in that jar was very similar to <laughs> scenes in Avengers 1. We see what looks like a giant yellow jacket helmet, um, mm-hmm. so cross from Ant-Man 1. Um, we see the a statue head of the Living Tribunal. Um, so the Living Tribunal is a, a multiversal Marvel comics entity <laughs> that we haven't had um, a reference to in the MCU since Doctor Strange where um, Mordo referenced the staff of the Living Tribunal. So we, we have had the name drop before. This is the first time seeing the likeness, and it looks exactly like the comics, like basically three a three-headed uh, hooded figure. Mm-hmm. I got to say, going back, uh, sorry, one second. 
uh, not to cut you off, but just yeah. going back to the yellow jacket thing, I find it odd out of literally everything else we see in this list of Easter eggs or we see in the background. That's the one that just stands out as the oddest placement to me. I don't, I don't know why, but like everything else has some cosmic element to it or some like, um, mm-hmm. some conspiracy theory linked to it or some, um, some deeper comets lore to it. But this one is literally just Darren Cross's helmet. It, it, it's a, like yeah. a massive version of it. So I, I wonder if that's some sort of quantum mania reference. He might be coming back. It in one way or, in one form or another i think it's i think it's meant to to get us in the mindset of i mean it, it wasn't anything can either be, that or like quantum right <laughs> like yeah like we theorized in in the reaction to the first episode of this that the tva itself might be in the quantum realm maybe um in that city we saw in the back of ant-man and the wasp but I think this might just be like a nod to that. And like, Hey, we're messing with time. The Ant-Man series has messed with time more than anything else. So, mm-hmm. you know, um, but I don't know. The design looked different than what we'd seen in the past. So I could see, you know, if we get into some multiversal weirdness, I could see a version of cross returning. Yeah. It is weird to update the design of the helmet, just to dump it here. You know what I mean? Right. I think that is odd. Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off with the Living Tribunal, no, but go, nope, you're go good. ahead. It's just I don't think I've been thinking of. Uh, the last thing on the Living Tribunal I wanted to say was um, Feige did reveal a few years ago that they had planned to introduce the Living Tribunal in Infinity War. Um, there was a, a part of the battle on Titan where it was going to appear and, and judge Thanos um, for trying to collect the stones or something along along those lines. I'm glad they didn't. <laughs> yeah. <I think laughs> that would, as, if, as if Infinity War wasn't depressing enough, this would have just added another layer of weirdness to it that I don't know if people would have gone along with. Yeah, that would have been hard. <laughs> Not only did really they have to, to introduce Space Barney, they yeah. would have been introducing this cosmic being that judges people. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So that would have, that would have been difficult. Um, so we later in the episode, we see um, a version of Ronan's ship from guardians of the galaxy. Mm-hmm. Um, the dark aster. It's kind of crashed among, among some of the wreckage. Um, we see a helicarrier. Um, and I think that's, mostly it as far as mcu easter eggs that that we saw um but then there were also some some nods to some um conspiracy theories that that are out there in the real world yeah so uh i i did a little bit of research on some of these and i i noticed right away once they walked into the the low-key lair uh the polybius uh arcade machine in the background I'm not going to lie. I genuinely thought that was like just an, an like an eighties reference to an old eighties arcade game. I didn't realize that this was a conspiracy theory and an urban legend that exists. Allegedly uh, this was a fake arcade game that um, it was a allegedly a government run crowdsourced psychology experiment based in Oregon uh, in 1981. Apparently gameplay produced intense psychoactive and addictive side effects in the player. Then a few days later, like men in black would uh, come and data mine the machine and analyze the effects of those individuals. Um, but 
then years later, the machines all disappeared from the marketplace, from the arcade market. Interesting. So I, I didn't know this existed, but that's a that's a really interesting urban legend. Um, and apparently, like the arcade machines just started popping up all around Portland back in the early eighties. Um, also, was the uh, the USS Eldridge Eldridge? I'm sorry. Uh, it was a naval ship used in World War II that when it was docked in Philadelphia, allegedly for a short amount of time, people said it went invisible for like for a short period of time. <laughs> it was this was all debunked, but there's a conspiracy theory that there were there were tests that were run called the Philadelphia experiment that caused the USS Eldridge to be invisible. It couldn't be picked up by radars, couldn't be seen physically by people while it was docked in Philadelphia. <laughs> so with <laughs> and also we see um in the Loki's hideout or lair that Santa's throne that they're si- that kid Loki is sitting on. Um I mean, you see the little candy canes everywhere. So I mean Santa must exist in this world, in this yeah. universe. <laughs> uh but I find it funny that between uh the Polybius machine, the USS Eldridge, Santa's throne, uh, there's a Stonehenge in the background of one of the shots next to a Safaint, which I know you wanted to touch on. Yep. Um, but that they're kind of making this long running inside joke between all of those plus DB Cooper that Loki and the TVA are responsible for all of the conspiracy theories that exist in our physical world. Right. <laughs> it's so cool. I very much love love the idea. That's a really fun way for them to play around with time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, yeah, so on the Sphinx specifically, uh, this is another another thing that you know makes you think Kang. <laughs> yes, as with a lot of these things. But I mean, in the comics, Kang spent a large chunk of time as an actual pharaoh in Egypt, um, and he even had an actual Sphinx ship at some point that traveled through time um so i i mean the kang stuff is just getting way too hard to ignore (laughs) like everything they're laying out that points towards that i mean i know he's coming at some point but the amount of groundwork that they're laying through these type of easter egg things in the background is is something it's way more than way more than where we were at in wandavision when people were speculating mephisto right like these are actual hints and maybe not the Sphinx. That might be a little bit of a reach, but um, you know, Kang tower, Renslayer, the, the image of the middle timekeeper looking a lot like Jonathan majors and yeah. having a similar helmet to Kang uh, in every depiction, except the, the robotic ones that we saw last episode. It, it's all just pointing a lot towards that. Yeah. Because the, I mean, everything that we had with Mephisto in WandaVision that I, feel like that was all fan driven speculation of well Agatha's husband is really Mephisto he's really the devil and yeah. there really wasn't much to go off of from that spoilers for WandaVision most of the hints that people pointed towards Mephisto were actually just pointing towards Agatha and like her witchiness right right so, um I but, think I mean all... here there are literal connections to Kang yeah in one exactly. way or another. Yep. So I I think it's 
almost a guarantee. I hate to use the word guarantee, but I feel like it's almost a guarantee that he at least shows up in the post credit scene of this. I was thinking the same the thing. thing. Um, I don't know if he's actually the person behind this or, you know, if, if he's introduced as a result of this or something, something along those lines, um, we'll, we'll kind of get into our speculation of who's behind this though, shortly. And, and one of the, one of the last little Easter eggs they threw in was that, uh, Chid Loki was drinking an ecto cooler high C. It, it, it's it kind of, it's this drink that kind of has this little cult following because it was a, um, it was a promotional item in the eighties. Uh, it was a, the citrus cool, the high C citrus cooler, uh, kind of rebranded to market ghostbusters two. Um, it was discontinued in 1997 and came back in 2016. So I, I, it's just a little nod to fans out there who noticed it. Yeah, that's pretty neat. <laughs> so diving into our episode, it opens with like a really awesome spinning shot, like heading towards the, the TVA elevator mm-hmm. like as the, as the camera twirls around, we go past the timekeeper's head and just kind of all the, the set pieces we've seen before. Um, and eventually we get into the void and we see all of the destruction there. And we see the large cloud in the background that we find out soon is Eliath. And we pick up right after that post credit scene. Um, so our Loki's kind of questioning what's going on. He's told by classic Loki that's Eliath. And Eliath is another thing that points towards Kang, I think. Um, because in the comics, Eliath is a being like Kang that owns a particular subset of time. Like I actually saw a... He owns more time, panel. doesn't he? Yeah. There, there's like a comic panel where they almost had like a map of time drawn. Mm-hmm. And it was like the TVA has this section. Eliath has all the space in between the sections that are owned by everyone else. <laughs> and Kang owns like this other piece and, you know, there were other cosmic entities that own like like it's just kind of funny like to see it drawn on a map like who owns what part of time um but eliath is historically like a a pretty big adversary of kang like competing over control and of the flow of time and stuff like that so so i mean it is another entity like the tva that's related to time but also has connections to kang Mm -hmm. so very interesting um, also a very cool visual for for a giant smoke monster that yeah i like how uh i like how they redesigned him to be this massive smoke monster yeah very um galactus i was thinking the same thing the entire <laughs> time yeah <sighs> um fantastic four confirmed yep fantastic four <laughs> confirmed <laughs> but then we get into the the really fun parts of the episode like the of the, the start of the episode, um, the interactions between our Loki and classic Loki, kid Loki, boastful Loki. And um, the biggest revelation from this is we find out that kid Loki killed Thor, which was pretty wild. Yeah. You're missing a big Loki. Come on. Oh, t- alligator Loki. I'm How so dare sorry. you? How dare I you did. forget big oh. Al? Oh boy. <laughs> well, we don't know for sure that he's a Loki. <laughs> <laughs> As Mobius questions. <laughs> but yeah, I thought it was really interesting to see that Kid Loki's Nexus event was killing Thor. Yeah, that's uh that's that's pretty interesting. And I mean I mean I mean we mentioned it last week that Kid Loki himself has a very convoluted 
story in the comet canon as it is. I'm curious, though, I, I was thinking about this. It looks like it definitely looks like we're headed toward a young Avengers in one way or another. Yep. I'm I'm thinking this is going to be a series of some sort. I don't think it's going to be a movie or if it's a movie, it goes to Disney plus. I could see that. And I'm wondering, I'm wondering if we get a little more in that we get a little more bad story into kid Lodi and we, maybe we find out that I, I understand that killing Thor was his nexus event, but I wonder if that version of Thor was basically an asshole, like was a villain of some sort. Eh, could be. And it just happened to be like, they, reverse roles in in his universe that'd be pretty interesting wouldn't wouldn't thor being evil have been the nexus event though and would have pruned him before we never know because it depends on who's behind it depends on who's behind the tva true it's very Very well possible they wanted him to stay alive yeah eventually we get to the the bowling alley um but i think before that we cut back to the tva for a little bit and sylvie is interrogating Renslayer um, and Renslayer seems to be pretending a bit that she's very shook up and doesn't understand. Um, oh, she knows what's going on. Yeah. She's like, Oh no, I didn't know the timekeepers weren't real. And, and uh, she has Miss minutes start to look up files for, for the end of time and, and trying to talk about the, the space that's beyond the void and all this stuff. I mean, which ended up being real. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, Sylvie doesn't really see through it. <laughs> She's like presses Miss Minutes to to go a little bit faster, and Miss Minutes is actually stalling herself, which is interesting. She seems more sentient well, in this I, than I, she ever has. I, I wanted to get to that um, because I don't know if you noticed, but later in another scene after Renslayer interrogates B fifteen. Renslayer calls Miss Minutes back up to say, hey, go find out who created the TVA. Like, yeah, the look on Miss Minutes face, like she looks like she knows exactly who it is. Like she's been Uh here the whole time. And she almost has this look on her face of you don't want to do that. Yep. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And that digging any deeper is going to cause a lot of problems. Yeah. Um, So I think I think next week is going to be our biggest miss minutes episode i've seen speculation that she is actually behind the tva herself i don't i don't buy that necessarily that'd be interesting but i think she helped create it in one way or another or somebody who or she is an avatar of somebody who created it it's almost as if uh we'll, we'll get to final guesses a little bit later but it's almost as if the person who is currently controlling the tva and somebody else who then created Miss Minutes yeah. are the ones that actually created it. I could see that. I think there there is there are a couple scenarios in which she can be behind it, and we'll we'll get into those. Mm-hmm. Um but they kind of flip some things on, on its head a little bit, um, possibly too much. Um so this confrontation ultimately ends in the TVA Minutemen storming the room and Sylvie basically pruning herself to, to go to try to get past the void and mm-hmm. see what's at the end of time with Loki. So this series really escalated very quickly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Um, 
we go back to the bowling alley where all of our Loki friends are are hanging out and basically just kind of kicking it. <laughs> um, we find out there's more to Loki's line about, you know, surviving is what makes Loki a Loki. And they all kind of confirm that <laughs> they, they're alive because they're Loki. <laughs> they just know how to survive. Right. Um, we find out classic Loki's Nexus event, which was... Um, pretty heartbreaking um so he actually survived thanos's attack in infinity war by hiding in the background in like debris and mm-hmm. having an illusion of himself die <laughs> mm-hmm. which actually was like a fan theory around the time of infinity war as well right <laughs> that like literally people pointed to the debris behind loki and were like <laughs> it looks like there's a silhouette of loki there so i think it's a nod <laughs> to the actual fan theory <laughs> which was pretty great um but that wasn't even his Nexus event because he escaped, drifted in space and landed on like a remote planet and lived, you know, until his elderly years, basically. Until we got lonely. Yeah. And, and that's a brother. I mean, the, our version of Loki is only a few thousand years old. Imagine how old yeah. this Loki is and survived that long on his own. Yep. On a remote planet in the middle of nowhere. And finally, when he, when he decided, I miss everybody, I want to go home. The TV is like, no, you can't, you can't yep. go, and I that I that lends a little more credibility to. Um, I know you jokingly said that uh, the, the TVA is out to get Loki's, but it lends a little more credibility to the fact that they can't have this Loki reinsert himself into the into the yes. timeline, basically, mm-hmm. for whatever reason. For whatever reason, at that moment that Thanos attacked the ship, he had to be removed from the equation. Right. Like, whether it's completely, going, whether it's going to be himself go live on his own somewhere or die, he just cannot be around. Yeah. So I'm I'm curious how that goes. And might we just say Richard E. Grant's performance in this is just chef's kiss. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. <laughs> what he was able to do in this one episode <laughs> with this character. And all the different aspects of the character that he portrayed was just unbelievable. Unbelievable. And we hear why Boastful Loki is credited as Boastful Loki. <laughs> he he talks about killing uh, Captain America and Thor, and they just basically, well, Alligator Loki. Alligator calls him out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, which, which is great. So um, I'm curious what his Nexus event actually was, but it's funnier that we don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So it's pretty good. So our Loki goes up to escape and who greets him, but president Loki, um, <laughs> you and I, and in preparation for this series, based on the trailers and seeing president Loki, we read the vote Loki run. And, um, we come to find out that president Loki <laughs> dies immediately. <laughs> uh, so we, we get a gathering of Lokis in this bowling alley and they're like, I don't know, 60. I think we're meant to assume all the people behind President Loki are actual Lokis as well. If, 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 if you look at the picture of them like standing over the, the manhole, uh, it's, <laughs> they all have like variations of horns over top of them. Like one has like a bike rack or, or like bicycle handles that, um, yeah, that look like horns. Another one has like a, like a, um, a Cyclops band that goes the whole way around. Um, <laughs> Other ones just have like spikes thrown out of the back of their head. 
It's it's wild. Yeah, I believe there's one that actually looks like Doom. Now that I look at it, he oh, uh, no. he's this, I'm dead serious. He has like this. It looks like he has a gray mask over him and he has this giant green hood over top of him. Oh, man. <laughs> um, But yeah, I think we're led. We're supposed to believe that these are all variants in one way or another. And I just like the idea of having a president Loki leading a band of marauder Lokis all around the void. <laughs> yeah. And then the idea that like, if you cram all of these Lokis into one building, they're just going to betray each other. Exactly. That's <laughs> that written down as a note that like, I mean, our Loki comes to realize that his purpose, he believed as classic Lokis was his only purpose was to survive. Yeah. That, and classic Loki even references this that pain follows me everywhere i came to that realization that i can only cause pain mm-hmm. and i mean once you put like 60 lotis in a room together you re- you he our loki comes to realize that is what is really going on because <laughs> i mean um president loki and his marauders come in and they're like um why don't you just let us take it from here and Kid or Kid Loki wants to fight him, and Boastful Loki goes, "No, I gave you up." <laughs> yeah, for all, only for President Loki to turn around and say, "No, we gave you up." <laughs> yeah, only for the Marauders to to turn on President Loki and say, "No, you're coming with us now." <laughs> and then only for Alligator Loki to bite his hand off. <laughs> right, and the, the scream that Tom Hiddleston let out as President Loki after he got his hand bit off, like the delayed reaction. It was just like a like just slapstick comedy. They're all just killing each other. We do get a good glimpse at um, classic Loki's um, focus on like illusion projection mm-hmm. in this. Like he he really projects that they're all there fighting as they run away, which is I thought was really cool. Right. Um. But uh, yeah, our Loki seems just very annoyed at all the betrayals, and he's like, <laughs> "Oh my god, I'm insufferable." <laughs> exactly. Like he he comes to realize who he truly is in that moment. Yeah. And even like as they're walking out, classical Loki goes, "They're nothing but animals. What are we doing?" <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yep. Oh, great! It was that was a great scene. It was cool to see all the variant Lokis <laughs> and how different they all looked and how distinct i i just thought it was so funny that like the comic series we focused on like it's barely in being it. a, a, yeah, a two minute like gag <laughs> right. well they, they kept playing it up in the trailers like it was going to be a oh, new it was in every trailer <laughs> and i thought it would be our loki for sure like i don't know oh yeah well they i mean they just they that was a great deception of like Obviously, we're going to put Hiddleston in here to make everybody believe that this is where it's going to go, and then we're just going to kill him off without even without thinking about it. (laughs) Yep. Perfect. I mean, Hiddleston has a lot of range going from our Loki to President Loki in in a snap. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, he did did a really good job at playing (laughs) two completely different versions of the same character. (laughs) So we see our group, our group of Lokis um heading out towards Goliath. Loki says he's gonna kill it. Um and the other two just kind of laugh him off. They don't believe it. And we see Sylvie reappear and uh, start to outrun Goliath and gets picked up by Mobius. So we get our confirmation that Mobius is alive. Was this an Easter egg though? I th- I think I texted you about this. The car he's driving is a pizza car that has a giant like pizza like 
spring on it or sign on it. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know why. Maybe it's just the Disney in me that is like thinking of this. Was that like a, a pizza planet like nod? It that this is been. like a variant on the pizza planet truck. It could have been. <laughs> yeah, it did look kind of similar. Or it's just a, a good gag of uh, we're driving in the apocalypse and he's just driving a pizza delivery yeah. car around. <laughs> yeah. With the, the pizza on the spring, like made it more comedic as he's like, <laughs> around corners and stuff. Yeah. But I think Mobius and Sylvie's conversation is really good here. He sees why she's a Loki because she's just as sarcastic as the one he knows. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's not long before they're all reunited. Right. Um, we get a good reunion between Loki and Sylvie, and I think an even better one between Loki and Mobius. Mobius drives them up to uh, the the Dane of Loki's at the cliff overlook, overlooking Matthias. Um, they get out and they have the reunion, but then um, uh, our Loki goes up and introduces Sylvie to the other three Lokis, saying, yeah, they're all of us. They are us in other realities, even the alligator. Don't ask questions. And yeah. that's when Mobius is like, well, you can throw a rock and hit a Loki out here. Yeah. Um, but he also reveals to Sylvie that, yeah, we were going to take Athias head on. Like, I was going to kill him myself. And she just outright says that was the stupidest thing you've ever come up with. Yeah. Uh, and she realizes that she, when she is transported to, um, to the void she realizes she can enchant Athias. she touched oh, i'm sorry thank you Elias. Mm-hmm. she can enchant Elias. she she accidentally like touches him while she's running and can see a vision like all the way back to the right. castle so she realizes she can enchant him and she can control him in one way or another so she needs the other loki's help to do it though so uh she convinces our Loki to do it. And then we get the, um, then we get the, and then it cuts back to the um, scene of Renslayer and B 15 in the interior, in the projection room. B 15 has been locked up. She realizes that Renslayer doesn't really know what's going on, or at least like is projecting that she doesn't. I still, I still believe Renslayer knows more than she's letting on, even though, we're seeing it as she doesn't i'm still of the mindset that she does i don't know where i fall on this i think at this point i'm of the mind that she doesn't really know what's going on and it's just like in those quiet moments it seems like she is really rattled (laughs) like just doesn't want to admit it um but also might just want to maintain the status quo even if she knows it's not real that's kind of like what she says to b15 like the tva needs order like i'm just Mm going to give them order um even though i know that things aren't real and it's all kind of like an illusion that she's going to basically just operate business as usual so Um, but also kind of dig into it on the side via miss minutes which i don't know why she would ask miss minutes who's just like a construct of the tva right so i wrote this down and you didn't you haven't watched the modok series but this is the only reason i know about this character when she said that there is or the tva must continue on or the tva is the one who needs help this reminded me of uh hexis the living corporation 
it's it's a like an obscure character from the comics who's a villain and it, it is literally a like living breathing corporation that it's like an alien race that like tries to take over the earth by like indoctrinating individuals <laughs> to come work for it um okay and like once it releases or once it reaches maturity it like releases spores and parasites to other planets and it it itself dies when it consumes the planet. So part of me was wondering, is the TVA really just a front for Hetzis? <laughs> <laughs> I think at this point, we're a little too far past that, but I thought that, that would, be would a Hetzis be, event. That would be a hell of a Hetzis event. <laughs> <laughs> we just been hearing it wrong the whole time. So that that's actually... I'll talk a little bit more about it later, but that actually makes sense with one of the the theories I kind of have. <laughs> okay. Um, well, let's hear it. We'll, we'll get into it right at the end after the, once we get into our um, speculation about who's really behind everything. Okay. So <clears throat> yeah, once we, once we get miss minutes going off to, to look for who's behind the TVA, we go back to the void and it is, it is them kind of like, the 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 day before the battle or the night before the battle yeah. mobius is talking to that's when mobius calls out alligator loki for possibly not being the loki saying well it's it's the long game for all of you it's the that's the thing about you lotis it's the game within the game that that drives mm-hmm. you and i mean we just keep seeing that that our loki is trying to get away from that as after some of the changes that he's gone through in this series mm-hmm. And that classic Loki and kid Loki just uh, seemed too cynical to change. Right. In at this point. Mm-hmm. Yep. And I really liked Mobius's line about alligator Loki though. When he said he could just be lying to you all this time and then followed it up with, well, I guess that actually makes him more likely to be a Loki. <laughs> <laughs> Play the long game. I respect that. <laughs> And then the the scene between Sylvie and our Loki was really good as well. Nice, nice genuine moment between them. I liked them agreeing that it's cold outside, and then Loki summons a cloak around himself, <laughs> just himself. Right? Yeah, it's like a like a like an ultimate ultimate middle school move. This is like a print the one of the princes of Asgard, and he's terrible at flirting. Have Have you seen um, Wet Hot American Summer? Oh yeah, there's that scene in there where they're in the uh, I think they're in a goat barn and they're like, oh man, it's cold outside. And <laughs> and Cooper asks, um, oh my gosh, why can't I think of the girl's name? Um, for her her jacket, and she like gives him her jacket, and it's like really tiny, and he runs around himself. Uh, it reminded me of that scene. Um, anyways, <laughs> but yeah, they had a nice uh, nice genuine moment, and I'm curious if that leads to any relationships in the future or if this is a platonic thing that ends up staying between them uh, what what do you, where do you think sylvie goes from this point after after this series i know we still have an episode left and like we have um there's a lot to, that still happens in this episode but like what do you uh, think i think that there's a definite future for sylvie in the mcu Mm -hmm. i don't know what that is (laughs) at all basically (laughs) um 
it really depends on how this last episode plays out. I mean, it's either, you know, she dies and it's a one and done um, or our Loki dies. I, I, I don't see either of those happening just because of the amount of times that Loki has died. <laughs> like, I, I just don't think you can end that series, this series that way. Um, my, if I had to take a guess, I would, I would say that both of them return in a season two of this series. And, but I do think it's going to be kind of a completely different thing. Either they establish a new TVA that actually is, you know, not just erasing things, but maybe guiding certain moments in time or ensuring a good, a good outcome, um, in a way that's not as harsh as pruning timelines like the TVA does now. Um, and, you know, continuing down that for a, a series that, along those lines, but I really don't know. I think she survives and I think she returns. I just don't know where that is. If I had to guess it's the season two of this. The thing is though, if let's think about this for a second, if they recreate a new TVA, aren't they still technically doing what they're trying to prevent or what they're trying to stop the current TVA from doing? They still are maintaining a sacred timeline of some sort. It's not, it might not necessarily be to their whims or to their biases or to their uh, ideals, but they are still bending a, a timeline in one way or another. Do you get what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. I, I understand. I just wonder if there's like a, another way to do it that isn't as brutal <laughs> you know what i mean yeah. like a way to to create a timeline that they want that they can live in without destroying infinite other ones because based on i mean based on that first episode this thought still hasn't left the back of my mind that the tva in and of itself is a calvinistic predestination oriented uh organization where literally everything that is meant to happen in the future is going to happen no stopping it no there's not whatever is set to happen is going to happen right so i just wonder if they set up a new tva that almost conflicts with what they're trying to do now (laughs) what if what if that is what happened and what we're going to find in the castle is Loki and Sylvie living together. Oh, like oh, they, sh- they, they already did it. Like they created their perfect ideal world. You might have a point there. They kind of talked a little bit about it in this episode, like going to their own place. Like what if they get there and find themselves just aged or, you know, similar. Uh, you, I, you have a very good point there. And then they have to are are ones because they're earlier versions of themselves that essentially are like, well, paradoxes can't exist because of the multiverse, but we have younger versions of them that make it to there, see what, you know, their quote unquote destiny fulfilled together looks like and have a choice to either, you know, keep the TVA going as is so that there is a version of them that can out- live happy out there or destroy the TVA and destroy you know, their happy life together. And there could be some device that um, maybe not device, but like plot device that mm-hmm. 
you know, if they make that choice, then they can't be together or something. I don't know. I don't know. That that's just something that occurred to me now. So that's a good. Um, I'm theory. sure when I think about it, there are going to be a lot of holes. <laughs> but that is entirely based out of the conversation that they had in this episode. You know, sitting with the the jacket around them, talking about what they'd do after. Mm-hmm. And I mean, she even said at one point, "I've only or I haven't had any friends." Well, at this point, he is her only friend. Yeah. So why not spend eternity with each other? If they're the only yourself, (laughs) what's that? Each other, which is basically like yourself, right? I mean, they're both narcissistic enough to like, yeah, love love themselves platonically and like in a self respecting manner. At this point, that I wouldn't be shocked now that you say it out loud that that's what we come across. So I guess I guess we should get to those final guesses here in a minute, but I just wanted to uh, discuss the, um, the fight scene with Elioth. Um, oh yes. Where they were Sylvie real, where Sylvie essentially tells Loki, our, our Loki. I like how I'm referring to him as our Loki. Yeah. <laughs> um, <kinda have> to. <laughs> yeah. He, she's telling our Loki that you can do it. Like you and I have the same powers and like, uh, I guess we should back up for a second because um, they go over to the, or as they're getting mm-hmm. ready to head down toward the ledge. Um, classic Loki, kid Loki, and alligator Loki like say, "Okay, we'll see you. We're not gonna, uh, we're not gonna head back to the TVA to take it down. This is what we know. This is where where we live. This is our yeah. world now. We're just gonna stick it out here. We know mm-hmm. we know what we're doing." And um, Mobius decides to go back and say he's gonna burn it down. Right, so. <laughs> I saw a speculation. I've heard speculation that Mobius is really behind all of this. He's just yeah, playing the I, long game. I have him on our list to discuss. <laughs> okay. Okay. I think, I think we can, at the end, we'll run through each of the possibilities, the reasons okay. why, the reasons why not. Okay. Um, so, so Loki and Mobius say their goodbyes for now, and Loki and Sylvie start heading toward uh, Eliath. Really quick on the on the Mobius goodbye. I I really liked when he was hugging Loki and looked at Sylvie and whispered, "You're my favorite." <laughs> that was a great line. Mm-hmm. Owen Wilson's just been unbelievable in this series. He has been. And I, I realized I, I had to watch it a second time before we recorded this, and it just like it finally sunk in that holy cow, Owen Wilson is like a great MCU character. Oh, I don't know. I don't know anybody else that could have played this character, which is odd to say. (laughs) Because when you think Owen Wilson is like a secret agent for a timekeeping authority, that doesn't sound like it would work. And it does. But anyway, um, so they head they head down toward Eliath. Loki runs over with Kid Loki's sword, like to distract Eliath, and as Sylvie is charging, like essentially charging up her enchantment to be strong enough to enchant said Eliath, um, while she's rolling her her D twenty, <laughs> he is uh, he's distracting her. He rolls a that one apparently because the because uh, the green light then distracts Eliath back over to to Sylvie. As Loki is running over, you just, they just see this giant Asgard start to form up out of nowhere creating this bright green light and you just see classic Loki, Richard E. Grant just 
owning this scene. Summoning Asgard. Summoning Asgard, the place that he abandoned. Yes. And he's coming full full circle and completing the arc that essentially our Loki is doing this whole series. Um, and coming out and saying, like, in a phrase, there's no place like home, summoning Asgard to yeah. distract the... the um, to distract Elioth in order to give both Sylvie and Loki the chance to enchant the, to enchant him. Mm-hmm. And it just gives me chills. thinking. Oh, I know. Uh, <laughs> like we go, we, I mean, we go from classic Loki saying like, all we, all we're meant to do is to survive. We're the, uh, we're the God of outcasts. He calls himself. Yeah. He calls mm-hmm. all of them we're the god of outcasts we really don't have a purpose except to bring pain and suffering to others which is an easy reference back to the first episode where mobius tells our loki that off the bat yep. that's all you're here for but now our or i'm sorry classic loki start realizes at some point that i need to do this this is my glorious purpose is to make the sacrifice play to stop the TVA yep, or at least figure out what is going on mm-hmm. summoning Asgard and coming home metaphorically. Yeah. And um, I mean, they I mean find, you, okay. you have to think of how long it's been since he had seen Asgard, right? Like yeah, he, did, he, he was on that planet forever. He did summon literally anything. Unless he had summoned it, summoned it in the past, which you would think not if he's been in the void and that attracts Elioth, he wouldn't have. Um, but we see him summon it and just he's like cackling as he does it. And I think mm-hmm. it's just he likes he likes his playing the power, but he's also just happy to see his home one last time. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And I mean, it's he can summon literally anything to distract Elioth with. Yeah. And it's his home that that he wants to see. And I mean, it's it's also big enough that a smoke monster would like <laughs> would like be yep. attracted to it. So there is mm-hmm. a practicality there. Um, yeah, and I, definitely worth calling out the score by Natalie. Hull oh here. my god! Ride of the Valkyries with the Loki theme, yes. like mashed together, was amazing. <laughs> I was like, is that really Ride of the Valkyries? They're playing yeah. now. That's awesome. So cool. Um, brilliant. But I mean, you can see that what I mean, what this also does, and you mentioned it, was that it shows how much power these Lokis really have. I mean, yeah. I mean, classic Loki even calls out our Loki at one point saying, why are you using daggers? Like we have like enchantment yeah. powers and like we uh-huh. can we can do all this stuff that you're not doing. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, even boastful Loki says, well, it's just cool to do. Like, we look cool doing it. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> but, Poser. Yeah. <laughs> But the um, but here we truly see how powerful these characters can be. Yeah, and the fact that this then shows our Loki and I'm um, so the Enchantress and Sylvie that <laughs> yeah that they have the power within them to do this or to make this enchantment possible. They make it happen, but not before the smoke monster takes out classic Loki. Mm-hmm. And he says, "Glorious purpose." purpose. And we just see the charred helmet laying there, or what? I, I don't know if it burns stuff away or what. What happens to it? But it's almost faded. Yeah, uh, just 
heartbreaking, but just so perfect. And mm-hmm. what they were, like I said earlier, man, what they were able to do with the classic Loki character and just give him like one of the most badass moments in the MCU to this point, like wearing hands that, down, like what he was wearing too, like just <laughs> the confidence of them to be able to do that and and just make it so epic like there is one shot where it's it's a wide shot far out and you just see the the small figure of of classic loki going up (laughs) against Eliath, and it's so cool like it's Mm -hmm. one of the most beautiful shots in the mcu like i oh (laughs) so good like to give give that character and it's cool because it's a character we know that's familiar yet unfamiliar like they were able to build him up as a different character different perspective Mm -hmm. different life but we still have that connection to him being a Loki. So his sacrifice felt so meaningful. Right. Just so good. So, I mean, we, we've arrived at the castle at the end of time, right? <laughs> this felt like, um, to make a, a video game, to make a video game comparison, this felt like the, like the penultimate battle before the final boss battle in every video oh, game. It did. You know, yeah. like there's always that bit, like, like the uh the, the huge scale the big scale battle before the smaller scale right and then the smaller scale Personal. one just just takes so much longer <laughs> yeah mm-hmm. it definitely had that feel like you have and plus you have all of your different characters coming together to to take on this larger scale battle while your one or two main ones are going into like the final boss but anyway yeah mm-hmm. <laughs> so we we have a castle at the end of time <laughs> <laughs> um who is there <laughs> is it, it sounds like a a, a riddle <laughs> <laughs> the way you said it um, yeah there's a cast the end of time who is there <laughs> <laughs> um so let, let's go down the the list of possibilities that i put here mm-hmm. um we'll hit the most likely ones um the the two most likely ones i think Mm-hmm. Um, number one would be like a god king loki or like a, a wish fulfilled loki mm-hmm. right like he was able to take the free will away from people in a way that he wanted to in avengers one by you know taking free will away from an entire timeline um, right. and he created the tva to do that um and set up Elias to to protect himself i think we we've talked a lot about this one throughout <laughs> the podcast and the show this um, seems like the most likely yeah. outcome. This or a combination of him and Sylvie, an older Sylvie together. Right. I wouldn't be sh- actually thinking about it. I wouldn't be shocked if it was a, a King Loki that is running the TVA and a Sylvie that created Miss Minutes. Yeah, it could be something like that. I I definitely think this is the most likely. Mm-hmm. Um you don't have to introduce a new character as like an ex machina kind of type thing. No. Um, it provides great emotional stakes for our characters. It's a good contrast to our Loki. Um, I think what makes this, if I would to get, if I were to give a couple points against it, um, I would say, it kind of seems like our Loki's already learned the lessons that he would face at this point by being confronted with that King Loki, like we, he already knows pretty much he doesn't want to be that. So there's yeah. not really 
a lesson for him to learn and going up against that. Well, this would only confirm everything he's learned at this point. Right. It, it could very well be they get to the end here and all of a sudden he has the opportunity to change back. I mean, we've seen that in this episode, in this episode specifically, we've seen that the I mean, Loki's are deceitful in nature. I mean, we saw like 50 of them turn on each other without hesitation. So right. it we haven't gotten a full confirmation that our Loki has has changed yet. Mm-hmm. I think he's saying he is, but it's possible that he hasn't really proven to himself yet right. that he's changed. Yeah, that's true. That's definitely true. I can't think of other points against it, really. Um, and I mean, to be frank, in the trailer for like the second half of the season that they released a few weeks ago, there was a shot of a Loki standing over the Asgardian throne, like in the full garb. Yeah. So I'm curious if that's really who it is. Yeah. When I saw that, I kind of thought, looking back on that scene in the trailer now, it almost looks more like something that would have been cut from either something on the void or an alternate idea for like the time prison where they had Sif show up last week. Mm-hmm. Um, it just looked too Asgardy for this, unless it's like a flashback to him getting the throne, but I don't think they would need to show that. Um, if we were to see that that castle looked a little more Asgardian, I think that that would be one more point for King Loki. I think looking at this castle, it looks very um, ancient mm-hmm. almost. Um, very like Doctor Doom, like yeah, <laughs> as no, it you, does. You had mentioned <laughs> it does, um, like a Latvian uh, Doomstat. <laughs> um, so I think the the next one that could be a possibility would be Kang the Conqueror, and we've talked a lot about this. Yeah, um, points for it would be all of the the teases towards it and little things they've peppered throughout the series. We know Jonathan Majors is playing Kang the Conqueror in Quantumania. Um, He was cast seemingly pretty early for that movie, like way before they started production. Uh, It seemed to be a little earlier before, a little earlier than they normally would cast somebody. So that might lend um, credence to the theory of him showing up a little earlier than that movie, AKA in the show Mm -hmm. against Kang would be, you know, the audience general audience won't know who he is. It's more of like a, a, thing for the comics fans at least now um but i do think at the same time having him set up as the person who created the the tva would be a very good way to set him up as the villain and i was about to say i was about to say you can have him give a whole exposition dump about where because kane travels throughout time yeah back and forth left and right up and down in and out in multiple stages through multiple characters that you could give him have him give some sort of explanation as to where he is currently or who he is yes. currently um that it wouldn't be i don't think it would be unsettling come quantum mania for him to be a um for him to be a major villain in that one mm-hmm. and i i wouldn't discount the idea that this is the end of Kang that we see. It's now. possible too. You know what I mean? Like yeah. Loki and Sylvie defeat him and that's it. But because he's just kind of this threat all across the timeline, 
he's just going to show up in quantum mania or maybe quantum mania is kind of one of his first skirmishes with the avengers and we're seeing his last skirmish in this like kind of just experiencing him in reverse <laughs> what if <laughs> what if this is the end of kane as you just said they kill kane and it just like is the end of time altogether uh-huh. this series is actually taking place like the end of time at the end of the mcu mm-hmm. I, I, I think that would oh my god yeah like I, I think wow the the idea against the points against kang would be <laughs> there's a lot of exposition and they would have to give a good motivation that's not just like I want to rule. Mm-hmm. They would have to tie it back kind of into the central themes, um, which you could do. I mean, if, you they, could. if they write it correctly, they could definitely do that. Um, it's well, definitely just Kane, risky to introduce a brand new character. I think at this well, point. I mean, to give, to give some bad story on Kane that we know of from the comics, like, like he was from a civilization that like has no societal issues whatsoever. Everything's perfect. Uh-huh. Uh, nothing has ever gone wrong in his society and time travel has been invented. So he, he's bored. He has nothing yeah. to do. So, I mean, it's not like it's a, it's like a dystopian society. It's just that everything has been solved. So yeah. he gets bored and goes to ancient civilizations and decides he wants to rule. <laughs> He yeah. wants to solve their problems, being that he has all of their answers. Uh-huh. And that that's what leads him to want to conquer all of these different realms and all of these different timelines and, and civilizations. So it wouldn't be out of the question to, as, as you said, tie that back into the question, some of the questions we got in the first episode about free will and individuals' choices um, that Kane is basically starting off on that journey in this, in this one, he uses the TVA as like a starting point of this is how I'm going to control people. Right. Instead of me going back or instead of me handling this on my own, I'm going to create this organization, this organization to do it for me. Essentially. Yeah. Essentially. (laughs) Uh, not micromanaging essentially delegating the responsibility to someone yeah. else while he can do whatever he wants yeah yep yeah so i mean ultimately i think those are the two most likely that we get i think um, so too which based on this series to this point makes me think that it's going to be something else <laughs> you know like like tower they, of the duck yeah um <laughs> another option we briefly mentioned in this could be miss minutes um this the way this plays out in my head is the castle at the end of time is actually a prison. Eliath is a prison guard dog and trying mm-hmm. to guard whoever's in there from getting out. Um, and probably if that is the case, it'd probably be Kang. Um, mm. But miss minutes is basically running the TVA as like automation, like automating the whole thing. And, and essentially, um, the TVA functions like a um, clockwork, you know, <laughs> for lack of a better word, mm-hmm. which is why she's represented by a clock. Um, what if <laughs> you've gone off? What if now, what if it is like a King Loki, but he has Kane held prisoner as you just kind of referenced. <laughs> Could be. And he created the TVA to stop Kane from moving on. I don't know that, that, that seems like a bit of a stretch, but yeah, I mean, someone would have had to create the TVA, I guess. Right? yeah even in that scenario so that wouldn't work 
but I think I think you're, I think we're going to get some variation of Miss Minutes being behind it. I don't see that being out of the question. I don't think she's she herself created it. I think that she is something that was created to run it, though. Yeah. Yep. Um, so so I think we will get something from her in this. Yeah. Plus, I mean, we haven't gotten too much of her in this show. And she's been all over the marketing and all over the... I mean, they got Tara Strong for, for Pete State to right. voice her. Like, it, it it seems like a pretty heavy cast... Or a pretty large casting and a pretty... Uh, for such a for such an insignificant role. Yeah, we'll see. I, I definitely expect her to show up in some of the TVA scenes at least mm-hmm. at the end of uh, at the end of the series. The next one would be a variant of an existing character that we've seen in the MCU to this point, um, and this could be a variant of Renslayer of Mobius, um, and then the more interesting ones I threw on here. Um, would be Thor, Odin, or Frigga. I don't think this is likely, but it could be could be interesting, especially in the case of Frigga. To, I was just thinking that because they've they've talked a lot about her in this series. They have um, more so than Thor, more so than Odin. Mm-hmm. Um, so a variant of those characters. I don't know how they would tie in motivation or anything like that. Um, but just throwing it out there as a, a possibility. Yeah, I don't. I don't see it being a. Um, I don't see this being any of them. Uh, Frida is interesting though, being that they have talked about they have talked up Loki killing his mother. <laughs> now he may actually have to physically kill her himself. Yeah, but I don't think that doesn't really. To me, at least, doesn't tie into the rest of the series that well. None of these yeah. do. Renslayer, maybe, but that just seems like they're making her the the big bad. Then, in that yeah. case, and I don't, I don't think it would be a Renslayer variant because it, it, we clearly saw her work her way through the ranks. So I don't know what her larger importance would be. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, so. What if it wasn't like Mobius himself, not even a Mobius variant? Like Just the, Mobius the actual w- Mobius we that know. We, that we've been following. And he, or to twist it even further, what if this Mobius is a Loki variant? He's just not acting like one. It could be. We We still definitely have not gotten the payoff of the other analyst that works for Renslayer either. Like we theorized that it's Mobius and he keeps getting reset mm-hmm. once he remembers things. But we've also seen Renslayer like kill C20 after she <laughs> started remembering things, you know? So I don't, I don't know what's going on there. Unless in that case, they see the, like the guards or the troops as more disposable than their agents. That's true. That could be. That could be good thought. Um, I think with Mobius heading back to the TVA to confront Renslayer, I think we're going to get an answer to that. And I think it is going to be, you know, he has been either pruned multiple times (laughs) or has been, uh, has basically 
variants of him have run through the TVA as analysts before, mm-hmm. and no one's noticed because it's just kind of like another Mobius, you know? Oh, here um, it goes again. Yep. So I think that is pretty likely. But we'll get an answer to it. Or the other agent is Kang. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, the next option would be uh, He Who Remains. So this would follow the comics creation of the TVA where it's a, a kind of like a self-fulfilling prophecy where a the final TVA agent as the, at the end of time goes back to create the TVA <laughs> or is the one that creates the TVA ultimately mm-hmm. um, and becomes he who remains the last being in the, in the universe and he who remains then creates the timekeepers who run the TVA um, in the comics, the timekeepers aren't androids. They're actual like physical beings that right. have thoughts and, and, and are actual living entities, not Chuck E. Cheese puppets. So, I mean, that that is possible that we just get some elderly TVA agent. I, I don't think it's likely, though, because... You'd have to introduce a whole new character at this point. Yeah, it would be tough. It would who, be tough. And who, I, I think we're going to be... I think we'll reference the idea of he who remains just as, you know, God King Loki or Kang the Conqueror or something. Mm-hmm. And then the final one would be like actual real physical um, timekeepers. Like I'd... the timekeepers are actually real and the androids were just puppets that, you know, share their likeness. And I don't think that one's real either, but one no. to throw it out there. That just seems like a weird decision to have the timekeepers actually exist after showing that they were androids originally and the fact that that that's that's really frustrating me to think that real timekeepers would create animatronics of themselves <laughs> to make people think that they're real but then whenever somebody finds out that they're <laughs> fake then somebody then that same person has to go find out if they are real or not <laughs> that hurt my head to say that out loud <laughs> i have an actual yeah. headache now yeah i don't buy it no, I don't. No. That, that, that's a big no for me. <laughs> Just all around. Yeah, we could also see Doctor Doom. I mean, the castle looked very. <laughs> it did look very Doom esque. Um, and then the last option would be Thanos. No, a lot of, a no. lot of talk about Thanos. It could be a Thanos variant. That's actually where he got the Thanos copter from. Yeah, it actually was his. The the final Thanos at the end of time <laughs> is the Thanos copter. Thanos. <laughs> I don't know, I, but yeah. I, 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 I have a feeling whatever it is, we have it on this list. Um, but we we could be completely off base. It's Tony Stark. It's a version <laughs> of Tony Stark. <laughs> oh boy! But yeah, I think I think you're right. I think we do have it on this list. But I think I think we're if I had to make pits we're going to get a uh it's going to be either teen loki or kane and then i'm i feel pretty certain we're going to get a variation of miss minutes whether it's her as the entity that we know her as in the tva or it's somebody that created her right to run the tva yeah i think that is most likely as well but we are we are only a few short days from finding out. We know that. Yeah. Uh, we're getting there. I can't wait. To see what <laughs> I kind of want to binge this show once it's done. Yeah. Me all too. in one sitting. Me too. I, I, I don't like to, to binge. That. 
but I might do it for the, I might make an exception for this one. Yeah. Same here. It would be worth it. I'm very curious to see like the, the tonal shifts aren't huge, but the set pieces and everything vary so drastically episode to episode. And I'm, I'm just curious to see how well it all meshes together mm-hmm. in one sitting like that. But well, we will be back um, with another episode this week, as we mentioned with our black widow review and reaction. Um, and then next week, you know, we'll be going full tilt into the finale of Loki. So make sure to stay tuned for, for those upcoming episodes or check them out in your, in your feed if they've already been released. Jared, anything else you wanted to add? I got nothing else right now. All righty then. For Jared, I'm John. Have a good one. We'll see you next time. <laughs>